And you know what that means. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Generational Wrestling Podcast. It's always is yours truly, the 28-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, aka the showstopper, better known as the GOW's resident tribal chief. And with me as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family. He is the flyest in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, aka Two Cold Kimber on the building, bro. It's good. Man, you know what it is, man. It's Friday, man. We got a special guest. We've been getting ready, hype for this interview. Uh oh, I- I'm ready to go, man. Let's let's do it. All right, man, with no further ado, introducing our guest. He is a Ring of Honor six-man tag team champion, former ROH TV champion, current VIP wrestling champion. This man is so cold, they used to call him Jack Frost, but now you can just call him the baddest of all time. From the east side of the 216, he is the CEO of Shane Taylor Productions, the baddest man, the baddest of all time. Shane 216 Taylor, what's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Hell, hell of an intro. I appreciate that, except. You slipped up. It's Whoa. promotions, baby. Not productions. Oh. It's promotions. Oh, now, now oh, hold on. Now, because 98% of the intro is dope, we're going to let it slide. All right? Well, you know what? You know, I said production. I meant to say promotions. I had it right there, man. But look. Are you man. good? Hey, good. but no. Hey, hey, from two Cleveland boys to another. I want to tell you, man, we want to thank you, man. We uh, Before we get started, we've been trying to book you for a minute now. Uh, through your manager, Mark, who's been awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, our schedules and your schedules haven't lined up, but we got you on. So once yes. again, man, for the, for the city, for the city, we want to say, man, we salute you. We appreciate you, King. I, I appreciate y'all, man. It's dope having you on. Yes, sometimes this lifestyle is crazy, you know what I mean? But um, I'm glad we finally get to get this on and popping. Let's do it. Right, well, right, you're a big man. It. You know, you got a lot of, you know, big things you got moving. So, you know, we definitely understand. All right, man. Well, first up, like I said, you know, when I introduced you, I said, you know, you're from the east side of the city. It's ironic we are, too. Uh, what part of Cleveland, man, are you from, man? What was life like growing up for you? Down the way, man, 35th and Central. Uh, it's just, I mean, you already know. Like, when I say that, y'all know what that means, right? Yeah. So all the people that doesn't click right away, right? Anytime from here, they go, oh, all right. Like, I, I understand. I get it. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, I feel like I've, I've covered that. And, like, it, it's, it's hard to not sound like the cliche inner city story, right? But... That's kind of what it is, right? Except in in Cleveland, I think when they do crime reports and they do all that all that stuff, what people don't understand is the majority of that happens on the east side. So you're talking about the same right, the same crime rates, if if not higher, in a smaller area. Um, and so a lot of people just simply don't un- understand the mindset that you have to grow up with to. Again, and it sounds cliche, but to survive something like that, they don't understand my way of thinking. Your way of thinking is not going to be the same as somebody who grew up in a suburb somewhere. Right. It's just not going to be the same. So um, I've taken the lessons that I've learned there, seen, you know, the people that that I've lost, the. um, The. Sorry. Yeah, just um, so so many of the lessons that you learn from not only the people who make it out with you, but those that don't, you know, those those lessons have shaped why how I move the how I move the way I do, why I say the things I say, why I'm so unapologetic about saying them. Um, And I don't fear any backlash or consequence from it because I stand on what I believe and i know what i'm saying right so i'm not wiling i'm not just saying random shit like i i i know what i'm saying and i stand by that so um when you transfer all of that to wrestling it allows us to present the most um realistic product that we can the most authentic version of myself and that's what the people are latching on to with all of that you know, and then trust me, brother, I, I totally understand what you're 
what were the things that were there for you to kind of put you on the path to where you are now? That, especially at, at a young man, I and mean, growing up through that time, we know it was tough where you did one thing or you did another. And right. one of the things either got you killed or it got you in jail. What were the things for you that got you through all of that? Besides Brad. Right. Uh, honestly, a lot of it was just my dad, man. Like having my dad there, um, he'd, he'd, he'd been in the life in, in, in one way or another. Um, he went to the army, got straightened out, you know what I mean? But uh, for people that know my family and, and the reputation that we have, you understand this too. Like when people can't get to certain people, they try to get to them through you. Right. And so you en end up getting tested a lot more. You end up getting pushed a lot more. You en end up having to sort of have this attack first mindset and the way we were going, uh, it, it was going to be bad for a lot of people. Right. So, um, having my dad there to kind of sit me down and just go, Hey, you are on a path that if you continue down this path, I can either show you how to be the best at this. But like you said, this, this only ends two ways. And that's a very cliche thing again, but it really does. There's no 401k plan to be a gangster, right? You're there. You're, you're, you're going to be, constantly paranoid, constantly looking over your shoulders, second guessing everything that you do, second guessing everybody you meet. You know what I mean? Um, he's like, or, you know, you could go, you could go to college, you could chase this dream. You could do all the stuff that he never got the chance to do. Um, and, and, and challenge myself to be a better man than him. So, um, and, and given all of the lessons that I just talked about, all the people that I've seen die, all the people that I've seen, you know, get hurt or, or have to, you know, or not, not reach their full potential in life, um, ha ha having all that plus him there really sort of just was kind of the kick in the ass that I needed to get where I needed to go. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of that, I kind of want to jump ahead a little bit because you talk right. about, you know, being unapologetic. And I'm going to ask this question a little bit later, but I want to kind of get to it now. Right. Uh, I want to talk about representation because that's the mm -hmm. one thing I've noticed, especially with social media and just your character in general. But I noticed, man, you are unapologetic in the way you represent not, not only the city, but yourself as a black man, as an African-American. And you make no bones about it. You let people know, man, who exactly who the hell you are, Shane Taylor. You know, then you got your whole group and everything like that. So mm. right now, we're kind of starting to see a shift, right, an evolution. You're starting to see more champions and people of color with the strap mm. on them and getting that push. One, I want to ask you, what do you think about representation currently across the board? And then two, how important is it for us to be more than just portrayed as the typical stereotypes that we used to get portrayed as, right? Because it's easy to come out as the big angry black man. It's easy to come out as the as the dancing dude. It's easy to come out as the thug. But when you have somebody who come out and be eloquent and at the same time whoop ass, how much does that mean to you to where we could be multifaceted and not just seen as you know one type of person? Man, that is literally the goal that me and the guys talk about every single day. When we first got this thing together and I sat down and talked to Khan, Moses, O'Shea, Ron, damn near the first words out of their mouth, each of them, right, in separate conversations was, I want to change the way people look at us in wrestling, right? I, I want to change up what they expect. I want to change up what they think they know. And so far, we're seeing such a tremendous surge across all of the you know across the whole landscape what i want to steer clear of and what i want to avoid is any of this becoming a trend or being you know or or being a fad this is something that we need to continue to vocalize continue to push for uh, continue to normalize um, and i always say when it stops becoming special that's when we've achieved our goal right right um, because then the average person won't think twice about a black man or woman leading a company. They'll just see it as normal. And when they see it as normal, 
that's when we've achieved what we want what we wanted to achieve and there's a lot of companies right now who are doing a fantastic job some not so much right but um it is what it is that's that's the nature of the beast and for us it is extremely important especially myself as the captain of the team to uh to to carry that torch and and lead that and and i tell everybody all the time that doesn't mean we are anti anybody else right we want everybody to get their shine. We want ourselves to be entertaining and be popular and um, have everybody be able to relate to us. We just know who we represent, who's looking at us with the hardest lens and, 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 and who's going to relate to us best. And that is the example that we need to um, that we need to showcase the the most and shine the brightest for. Right. Because. Uh, any, anybody can look on their TV screen or their phone and see the 0.01% of our culture being maximized to its fullest extent to show, you know, such a small, small aspect of our culture, right? And what so many people just don't get is that's not everybody. Man, that that's not the typical person. Um, that's not not the typical lifestyle. This sort of hyper criminalized, hyper sexualized thing is just not what everybody does. That's not the culture. If you really want to talk about the the culture, you'll talk about the inventors. You'll talk about the scientists. You'll talk about the teachers. You'll talk about the soldiers. You'll talk about uh, the advances in modern medicine. You'll talk about the dynasties and, and, and kingdoms prior to American history, you'll talk about all these things, right? right? But most people don't because they don't want to bother to educate themselves because it's easier to deal with people in a certain box um, than understand them and challenge yourself to know any better. Um, and so that's, that's what we try to do and who we try to be when it comes to this sport um, is getting people and telling the kind of stories that require people to think in today's world, right? Everything is quick in social media and you got to do this, 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 but that, but then you let people get lazy, right? Because then it's like, well, just feed it to me. No, get off your ass, go look, think, digest what you're watching, ask questions. If you need to challenge yourself to understand, challenge yourself to go outside of um, your comfort zone. You know what I mean? Ask those tough questions. Um, if you have a question on why I said some, why I said something in particular, there's a million platforms for you to be able to ask me that question, right? Um, so that's that's what we try to do, man. And, and it's so great to see it happening, and so many people finding their voice um, uh, across the whole sport. Because for a long time, and still a, a, still and still a bit now, usually the ones who get the most are the ones who stay quiet. The good little boys and girls who keep to themselves and just go along with the machine, they're the ones who usually get all of the odd opportunities that other people don't get because we chose to be vocal, right? But uh, the solace that I find in that is me being vocal allowed them to still get that opportunity, regardless of if I'm the one who gets it, somebody got it. Right. You see what I'm saying? And, and that's and that's and that's what we're all about. You know, what I mean, like um, like the guy who helped free agency in, in, in football. He never got to be a free agent. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He never yeah. did. But everybody after him, you see what I'm saying? That right. that created uh, so, that that created something and changed the game. Right. So that's the goal to be able to take our actions, to take our words and change the game for not only our peers, but for every generation after us um, and be able to look at the generations before us. And when they look at us, look at us with pride, with respect um, as peers um, and have and have them say, y'all boys are doing a good job. Too cold. What, uh, you know, kind of lighten the mood a little bit, man. What, what other sport or what is something else that, you were good at that you might have had a hand in that you wanted to you know have an opportunity to do that you but you didn't uh was there an avenue for you to do it or it was just different uh, choice of what was available for you i played ball in college too football um 
to this day, if uh, if I wanted to go try out for the N- for the NFL as a long snapper, I I could do it. Um, that was one of the things that, uh, especially when you get when you get to the league, right? You've got six four centers who are like three eighty who run four threes, and you're like, all right, you know, like I'm I'm I'm, I'm an athlete, right? right? They're a different level of athlete, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. With that, right? <laughs> hey, it is what it is, right? right? Um, I mean, I don't, but I don't think they can do some of the things you do, though. Right. This is true, but this is why I'm here and they're over there. You see what I'm saying? Stay. <laughs> I got you, you, I got you. you stay in that lane. I'll stay in mine, and we all and we all get paid, right? right. Um, but uh, long snapping is a specialist skill, um, and high school to college, I uh, was really really good at it, and so probably like. I think probably before like I get too old to, to like do it or, or, or compete. I, I may just try out for like, for like, for like the Browns or something like that and see if they need a long snapper and we'll see what happens. But yeah, like ball ball was something that was really cool for me and just allowed me to get out so much aggression and I love the sport. Um, and now, with wrestling and that level of competition that I still have, I've actually turned that to video games too. So now, you know, that's, that's, that's where I get that, that, that competition fix from. Where, um, where do you, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the, um, I forgot the question I was going to read it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, <laughs> uh, you threw me off at the video game. Uh, what was, um, Go ahead, franchise. I got to think about what it was I was going to say. Before I, before I ask you my next question, so we got a fan question. He says, Earl says, do you think pushing of the black wrestler as of late is sincere and sustainable, or do you think it's just a money grab for the time being and will go away with time? That's a tough question, right? Because that's a question that is a hope question, right? You hope that's the case, right? That it's sustainable and it's genuine and people see this is what should be happening, right? That inclusion, that representation, but this is also business, right? So people understand as well, there's money to be made here. And do not get me wrong, if there was no money to be made, it would not be happening, right? Um, But the fact is, there is a lot of money to be made. And I think professional wrestling should look at the way every other major sport in this country is making cash, you see who's dominating the sport, uh-huh. right? You, you see who's, you know, who some of the biggest stars in the world are. Professional wrestling is the only sport in which, so, which your success is determined by someone else's opinion. Yeah. Right. That's the difference. Someone else's ego determines your your career trajectory right if this was football and i run a four two you run a five flat there's no argument about who plays there's no argument about who gets to be the number one guy right but in wrestling no i have to i have to now make myself run run a five one to make your five flat look better right um and it's just one of those things. It's like me and my buddy were, were laughing. This is the only sport in which the theater kids get to be the stars, right? Um, but that's what it is. And and the goal is to – the goal is and should be to have the best talent out there and have them be able to shine regardless. Uh, and so you, you, you hope that – this is this is a continued thing. You hope it's not a fad, like like I said, because there's so many talented people out there. Um, not not only amongst my peers, but the next guys up, guys like Darius Lockhart or Lee Moriarty, Trish Dora, you know, Willow Nightingale, Nicole Savoy, like all these Holiday, all these people, right, uh, that are ready to take that torch and and lead for the next decade plus. Um, are here ready to go and deserve that chance. Uh, my question to you is, you know, how did you get into wrestling? Because, you know, wrestling, we see now it's starting to, you know, make a resurgence among the mainstream, right? It's kind of cool to right. be a wrestling fan again, especially right. in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, arguably probably the hottest it's ever been and probably ever will be. How did right. you, man, how did you get into it? And, you know, what was your first experience 
whether it was going to an event or going to the ring for the first time, what drew you to wrestling? Man, as long as I can remember, wrestling has been in my life. My dad's a huge fan. Uh, all my uncles and were huge fans. So I remember watching it pretty early. I can't remember like when exactly I started watching it, but I remember uh, my dad would take us with him when he went to the Ridgefield Coliseum, right? And anybody who doesn't know what that is, ask your parents what the Ridgefield Coliseum was. Uh, that's where they would all come in. Uh, the old WWF guys then, right, would come in. Uh, and my dad was real good friends with one of the guys that, that ran the Gold's Gym in the area. So, like, we'd get there early. He'd go lift. And I'm watching my dad lift with, like, the Road Warriors and do all this crazy shit. And just sitting there as a kid in awe. And I'm talking about, like, as an adult, right, it's still crazy to think about. But these dudes would load up the whole bar, uh, 45s, right? right? Whole bar, right? Get get a get get a clip on there that's just holding on enough to where this shit don't fall off, right? And then have people sitting on the weight huh. and just uh, uh, uh. and I'm just like, fam, what? <laughs> I get it. You got to be strong to be in this sport. You know what I'm saying? But god damn, like. Come on, bro. Like, just superhuman stuff, right? Um, and then my dad would take us to, to the show. He'd sit me on the apron and all, all you know, people would be, com like, coming up and playing with us and all kind of shit like that, man. It was just a dope experience and something that endeared me to the sport to have these larger-than-life guys still, you know, take the time to come play with this, with this kid and um, just not be too busy you know what I'm saying? To be present, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that, that's the approach that I, that I try to take, um, with my schedule. I do as many, as many things as I can, you know what I'm saying? Um, to just be present and, and, and help whoever I can, uh, because a lot of times that one interaction, right. That one tweet that you, that you respond to that one DM that you answer could completely change somebody's day you know what i mean and that's a crazy thing to think about when it comes to how i think of myself because i always just say that i'm a kid from the e from the east side of cleveland but um as as i continue to get in years in in this sport i understand that even on my own small way you know um people look up to me and then they appreciate those things so i just try to do that for as many people as i can um but I, I can tell you the match that I remember, I said to myself, I, I told my dad, this is what I want to do. And it was one of those nights at Ridgefield. It was Kerry Von Erich, Texas Tornado versus the Warlord. Now, that match on paper, not a five-star classic. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, right, not, right. Not, no, not, not one of those matches that you're going to write home about. You know what I'm saying? Probably wasn't very good, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I remember it going to a double countout and the building going absolutely bonkers. I remember people started throwing drinks and popcorn and hot dogs. And it's you're talking about damn near riot shit, right? And I just remember asking my dad, do they know them? He was like, nah. I was like, so these people spent all this money on all this food, on these drinks, mm -hmm. to just throw them at them because they got mad. He was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I've always been uh, uh, confrontational by nature, right? Uh, maybe it's the Cleveland. Maybe it's just my genetics. You know what I mean? But I've always been that person. So I was like, all right. If these people that they don't know can make all these people that mad, and I'm sure they're getting paid. That's what I want to do. I want to figure out a way to make people mad and uh, get paid for it, right? And so that's here. And here we are. Where, where did you get your start? As for and now that you, you you got the bug, you okay? This is what I want to do. Where did you get your start? And who were some of the people that helped you along? You know, you know, to become where you are now. I feel like my career and everything started 
um, the 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 path that I was supposed to go go down started with Ray Rowe and J Rock and being trained by them. They were the Cleveland Mafia at at the time, the tag team around the Midwest and the East Coast. Uh, I saw them in Pittsburgh, like two thousand, maybe early either late 2006 or early 2007, right? And I had, like, just discovered um, the independence. And so talked to J-Rock, uh, met him at, at the show, uh, went, went with them to go start training. Um, and then around 2007, they were like, all right, you know I mean? Around that summer, um, they felt that I, I was good enough to start having, you know, real matches, Um and I, and the first feud that I was in was with J-Rock, right? Oh. So to be in there right away with one of the very best, uh, my level of competition from the very start has been high, right? So um, I've been very blessed over my 14-year career to be in the ring with some tremendous talents um, that have only gotten me to a point where now that's what I expect of myself, right? I, I, I expect that no matter who I'm in, in the ring with, I can bring a certain level of match. I can bring them up to a certain point. Even if they don't feel like they've got that in them, I put it on me to bring it out of them. You know what I mean? So um, all, excuse, excuse me, all credit goes to them, to Ray Road, to J-Rock for guiding me, uh, even to this day, you know I mean, I just got off a phone with Ray today about some changes that I want to make. And, uh, just, man, I, I, I owe everything to them. You know what I'm saying? All of it. So speaking of Ray Rowe, for people who don't know, uh, he used to be, well, still is, uh, used to be part of the Viking Raiders. Then they came up to WWE. Then they got their name changed to, uh, the Viking experience. You and Ray uh, are obviously very close in real life. So what was it like, man, when you guys were later on and meet up, when you and fellow good friend, also Keith Lee, would tag team, and you guys would go against, you know, your fellow Cleveland, Ray Rowe. How right. surreal was that for you, for a guy to come in and this guy helped you and to be on such a big stage with another good buddy of yours, you know, and Keith? What was that right. experience like for you guys? And how did you guys become as close as you are being you and Ray, and of course, you and Keith as well. There is no, there's literally no better situation that we could have walked into, right? You had at the time two teams that people liked, but for some reason, officials at the time didn't expect out of us what they got. And you're talking about four people who are very driven individuals who work best when they have chips on their shoulder. You're talking about four motivated guys and you put all of them together and the fact that we know each other and, and the fact that we know we could go pretty hard and not have to worry about someone bitching about, oh, you hit me too hard or whatever. Like we, we knew, okay, y'all put us out here. This is one of my best friends in the world. Keith is, is one of my best friends in the world. Nobody likes Hanson. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, he's, he's, he's the guy, too. I, I only said that to follow up with him. But, um, um, like, you're, you, you have every ingredient that you need, you know, to have two incredible tag teams, four incredible main eventers. Um, and that's, that's what they got, right? The story of PBK versus War Machine. At the time, people still talk about to this day, um, as being one of their favorite feuds, favorite matches in ROH when we had that street fight in San Antonio. Um, and for us to be able to see what, what, what they've gone on to do and accomplish has been incredible. Uh, in my opinion, they are one of the best tag teams in the last 20 years. I don't care what anybody says. Um, they have been everywhere. They've done everything. Um, if other companies were around now, I'm sure they'd have been at the top of those two, right? Um, so all credit in 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 the world to Ray and Hanson, uh, Eric and Ivar. Um, and as far as Keith goes, um, we've already seen the kind of history that he can make. Uh, and that was 
to the best that I can say it under restriction. Right. So you got yeah. to ask yourself if he can be that good under restriction, how good can, can he be when those restrictions go away? Man. Right. And that, Man. that right now is the answer, or that's the question that everybody's looking for the answer to, because now those restrictions are off. So he's going to be able to come out and reintroduce himself to the world, reintroduce to the wrestling world who Keith Lee is, what it, what he can do, what he's capable of, and a motivated, probably pissed off, if even if he doesn't want to admit it, Keith, yeah. Keith Lee is a fucking problem for anybody. Well, we watched well, Lee, and, and we definitely were big fans of him. When we got to see him beat North American champion, and and then he go up against Adam Cole, he wins the NXT champion. He's a double champion. He had great mm -hmm. match with Dijakovic, which, you know, for me, they were all, you know, kind of just classics. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was it was awesome when he kind of got Put up to the main roster. We thought, okay, it'd be good when he get you know fight Randy Orton. You know, that's it's a somebody to, like that's a great somebody to kind of start mm -hmm. it off. But then after that, it just kind of went downhill. So we definitely understand you know what his potential is. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned other companies. What is what do you think uh, about all of these other companies? What do you think about the state of wrestling right now? Uh, just where we're at, you know. Is there interest in doing other stuff, or are you good where you're at? There, I don't think it's, there's ever been a better time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much variety. There's so much stuff out there. If you wanted to, you could literally watch wrestling every single day. There's, there's yeah. somebody on. There's somebody doing it. You know what I mean? That's why I disagree a little bit when it comes when, when people say, like, the 80s or the 90s were the best time. I'm like – Maybe from a mainstream aspect, but as far as being a wrestling fan and wanting wrestling content, this is the best time ever to be a wrestling fan because you can literally watch it all. You're right, you know what I mean? You can watch it on TV or any device that you have. It's all right here. Um, you have access to more wrestlers and more promotions than ever before, and that, you know, to me, shows the success of the sport is when it expands and grows and more people are getting paid and more people have, have, have jobs. That to me um, is what determines the success of the sport. Um, and man, it's just, it's, it is, it, it's dope to see. And as far as me, uh, we're in talks, we're, we're in talks with some places now. Um, obviously when it comes to business talks, there's, all kind of red tape and things you got to go back and forth about, you know what I mean? But we want to make sure that we're able to truly be us to not have those restrictions to be able to have not only the platform, but, but the creative freedom and ownership that we're used to having. Um, we want to make sure that we're put in a, in a position to take, to continue to grow this brand Um and have people continue to un understand the, what our message is, um, continue to support it or be mad about it. Either way, that's their choice. You know what I mean? But um, once we get all that solved, then, you know, then I'm, then, then I'm sure things will come together uh, and, and, and the world will be told what our next move is then. Speaking real, quick, for my, real quick for my partner, Ansel, I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. Two out of three falls match, you and Keith Lee, who win it? Me. Why'd I say anybody else? <laughs> I, I, I figured you would say yourself, but <laughs> I wanted to see. I wanted to figure what you were gonna say. Right. And if you ask Keith, he'd tell you he'd win. He right. Me. There's, there's the the way my crew rolls. No one is here to be second best. No one is here to take a back seat to anybody. That's why I love our crew so much is because everybody pushes the next person to be the guy, right? And we all see it in each other. Um, and we see it in ourselves too, but you're always going to push the people around you to be the very best versions of themselves. So, um, yeah, yeah. If, if it came down to it, I'm, I'm going to say me. I, I'd never say another man can beat me in anything. Well, speak, well, speaking of your crew, man, uh, and I got a picture right here of you guys. 
How did you come up, man, with Shane Taylor man. Promotions? How did man. that come about? What was the thought process behind that one? Honestly, man, like a lot of it, uh, as far as who Shane Taylor is and what we try to do, what the, our message is, especially about ownership and and uh, equity and getting those um, and and having those financial freedoms um, came from my my love for boxing. When you look at the story of Floyd Mayweather and how he created Mayweather promotions and him leaving top rank, betting on on himself and becoming one of the biggest pay pay per view draws of, of all time, if not the number one draw of all time in the history of the sport of boxing. I saw that and the parallels to how things were going in my TV title run with Ring of Honor were damn near similar, right? Here you've got this champion who's climbed the ranks, who has now won the championships that the rest of your golden boys have won. Mm -hmm. But now you're not promoting me the way you promoted them. My name, and if you talk like, right? So, and historically it's been the Ring of Honor world title, Ring of Honor TV title, 1A and 1B. Right, you're not even announcing my name on the card. Damn. You're not even announcing my matches. You're not even telling the fans that I'm gonna be there. Right. You see what I'm saying? But that's not what you did with Bobby Fish. That's not what you did with Will Osprey. That's not what you did with Roddy Strong. That's not what you did with with with. Tomohiro Ishii. That's not what you did with Kushida. That's not what you did with Silas Young. You see what I'm saying? Right. Down and down the list we, we go. This is not how you treated your TV champion. Right. And you didn't do it for Jay Lethal. Right? Yeah. So at that point, it became evident. But and and quick thing too. Meanwhile, while you're not promoting me. You are promoting everything that New Japan is doing, which is fine, right? Mm-hmm. You're also promoting everything at that point the NWA is doing, again, which is fine. But you're talking about your champion, one of your stars, one of the people who's trying to help lead your company going forward. You are talking about everybody else and every other company except your guys. Makes zero sense to me, right? Because and it would and it would make and it, it it wouldn't make any sense if that was happening anywhere else, right? If any of those other companies were promoting all these Ring of Honor guys, but not their guys, I would ask the same question: What are you doing? Right. Right. So so sorry. So no. the so the impetus then was just like Floyd. If you're not going to promote me. I'll promote me. I will do your job for you. But then there is no middleman, right? Yeah. There, there is no, you know, there, there is no cutting somebody in to my money then because I'm doing the work to promote me, not you. You see what I'm saying? So um, once, once we sort of got that idea, um, I, I talked to Ron. We got the paperwork started. You know, Shane Taylor Promotions LLC is a real com- is a real company. It's the company that I run. I own it. You know what I mean? Um, and we we transferred that and, and sort of made our stamp on that. Is we we're, we're all those guys that have been told no. We're all those guys that other people get to look at and go, oh well, you're ne- you're just not ready or you haven't earned, bitch. You don't get to tell me what I've earned or what I'm ready for. Right. You see what I'm saying? Nobody gets to, no one gets to say that. Um, and that's, and that's what we've, we've stood on. And over the last two plus years, people have gone from not knowing who we are to being in all these lists, all these tag team lists, all these individual lists. Now the whole world knows who we are and we're just getting started. Awesome. Well, speaking of the tag team list, I saw earlier that you guys are, I, what is it? I believe it, it was a PWI. I believe you guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. So I want to, you know, give you congratulations on that. But something that you said that kind of caught my attention, uh, what you said earlier was mm-hmm. people telling you you're not ready and your career 
at least in pro wrestling, pretty much being determined by the viewpoints and opinions of somebody else. So right. with that being said, you said not a wrestler. Much, yeah, exactly. You've pretty much taken your own career, your own destiny into your own hands. How mm -hmm. important is it uh, from you, a guy that's a vet, to, for younger wrestlers to make sure when you come into this game, man, you have your identity down. And no matter what, you know, you have the idea of your character. So if you come into Shane Taylor and this is who you are, how important is it to stay the course even when other people might not see the vision? That's that's a two part question, right? Because what 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 you're asking there is 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 two different things. They're similar, but they're different. Okay. Staying the course and staying true to the vision of what you have and showing that to the world is absolutely crucial, right? No one's going to see your vision but you. So in, in, introducing that to the world and maintaining that is absolutely paramount, right? The difference is though, you're going to, I've never met anybody who day one in this, they had who they were down pat. That's something that you're going to have to learn tweak each experience that you have each moment that that you have the, the people that 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 you learn from all of that is going to shape who you are right? right shane taylor is is the culmination of every experience and every person that i've met in this sport right it's what i've learned as a kid it's boxing heroes of mine all of that wrapped up in, into this person that I've, I've sort of in year 14 now really started to hone in on maybe two and a half, three years ago. Right. So it, it takes, it takes time. Now, the faster that you can do that, you're way ahead of the game. You know what I mean? And it makes it then easier to present that and show that vision to the world. But um, don't be afraid or, or don't feel like, if you don't have it down pat right away that you need to make drastic changes. A lot, a lot of it is just small tweaks. You know what I mean? Small tweaks here and there. Um, t telling those stories, having the opportunity to tell those, to those, to tell those stories. And even with me, you know, like um, a lot of people re really started to notice and gain traction once I was able to start doing promos in ROH, right? And people would all the time, oh, well, his promos have gotten so much better. Da, 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 da. I go, no, promos have always been the best part of my game. Right. I just wasn't given the opportunity to really say anything yeah. until recently. You see what I'm saying? Right. So just continuing to have that confidence, continuing to have that belief, even when you don't feel like the opportunities are, are coming, that's paramount. And even when we started as STP, as I was told to my face, this is not something that people liked as far as the people up top. It's not something they liked. It's not something that they wanted to market. It's not something that they wanted to promote. They thought it was a bad time. Um, other people who were in charge at, at the time actively tried to make it fail. You know what I mean? Uh, had, they had it out for me personally, you know what I mean? Wanted me to fail. And it just, I, I wasn't going to let that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was not going to happen. Um, and, and, and since then, uh, a few of those same people have been like, Hey, you proved me wrong. And which I was like, yeah, of course. Cause I'm not going to prove you right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, man, it's once you have who you are and you know what you stand on, just don't change for anybody, man. Be that. For Shane Taylor Productions. Promotions. Is, promotions, promotions. 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 I see you. I see you. You messed me up. Uh, <laughs> promotions. What uh right now is it's wrestling, it's sports, it's wrestling. What is that one thing outside of that that you want to take your promotions and, and take that next level to? Is there is there something that you, you want that's outside of that that you want to pique your interest into? You know, I, I got into like stunt work. A few years ago, uh, and shout out to my boy Luke Hawks who who, who got me in in that owner Wildcat Sports uh, in the NWA right now with the, the son Perry Hawks Airy, great father son tag team. Uh, um, I think 
like acting and stunt work and doing stuff like that is probably something that is going to pique my interest for a while. Um, I don't know. There's, there's some, there's something about it. And as I watch it more and study it more, I, I can understand the allure of wanting to just test yourself. And it's really no different than what we do right now. So it's really just an extension of that. Right. And just a right. different Avenue. Um, but yeah, man, like there's, there's something so, so dope about seeing someone take this idea, say these things, do these things and it coming to life in front of the screen, man, and just watching it affect so many people. Um, so that's, that's probably something that I would like to get into, get my guys in, in into and really be able to hit not, not only movies, but TV, um, more social media stuff as far as like working with different groups like, um, Kev, like, like, like with Kev on stage and his crew or RDC World One and their crew to, to really just uh, try to blend as, as many of these worlds together as possible and have those crossover, um, those crossover collaborations. I, w- I want to bring it back to Cleveland for a second. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously we have you, we got Dolph Ziggler, we got The Miz, we got Ray Rowe, like you said, Johnny Gargano, Dana Brooke, Warlow. We have so many people from Cleveland in every mm-hmm. promotion. What right. do you think it is about the city, man, that makes us such a hub for professional wrestling? Did you say Miz too? Yeah, Miz, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe It might be that water from Lake Erie, bro. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> shit is weird, bro. You know what I mean? Hey, man, uh, I told you, man. I always told people, man, they got mutant powers in that water, man. I'm you saying, know? bro, like, it, it it freezes over, and what comes out next is just different. Um, man. Man, I don't, like, honestly, man, it, it's just there's so much heart in, in the city, man. Like, when you, when you come from Cleveland, you know what I mean? Like we like we like to say you're either from Cleveland or you're not. You know what I'm saying? There is no in between. Like the the heart, the determination that you have to have to be able to uh, not only make it out of that part. And granted, there are some parts that are easier than others, right? But uh, you carry that with you, right? You you carry that with you. Uh, when you're from Cleveland, you walk a certain way, you talk a certain way, you move a certain way, you know what I mean? And that determination, when you put that into any other aspect of your life, it is you're going to be successful. And so when you talk about the names that, that you mentioned are some of the very best in the world, you know what I'm saying? Dolph is probably the most underrated wrestler of all time. I I don't. I can't think of someone who has been so good for so long, so consistently. You know what I mean? Like there's almost, there's never been a drop off. You know what I mean? Like as as far as his in-ring talent goes, like in promo, like he's been the guy forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like barring injury, he's, he's the best one on the show. Like, every single time. So, uh, shouts out, shouts out to him. Uh, a guy like the Miz who's come in, proved everybody wrong from day one, went from, you know, reality TV to must see TV, uh, you know, main evented mania. He's done everything that people said that he couldn't do. You know, you've got Gargano who was the face of the old NXT brand putting on performance, you know, match of the year performances damn near monthly crushing it you know we, we talked about ray ray, ray Rowe, who is one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time uh, man it's just is it is dope there's there's so much there's so many people that i look up to from cleveland um that i challenge myself to be better than man it's i i, I would dare say cleveland could be the biggest pipeline for wrestling right now, as far as national and international talent. Yeah. 
Like, like I mean, like obviously you have your big cities. Like everybody's from LA, right? But right, right, who's right. really from LA? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. You can't be from Sacktown and be like, "Oh, I'm from LA." No, you're not. You're from Sacktown, from Memento. Chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> like no, but like from Cleveland, I think that that's got to be the most people on the active roster at once is from Cleveland. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Too cold. Do you uh, – well, obviously, everybody wants to possibly go to WWE. Mm. Is there an interest for you to ever if, – if they show interest in you, what are your thoughts on joining WWE? Do you feel that they will allow you – and I know you've been saying it, and I, we all know they don't really allow a lot of people to be themselves. So yeah. and considering recently what they've done and let go a lot of people, but yeah. if they came to you, and they say we've been watching you. We see who you are. We there is an interest in you, and we like who you are, and we we want to talk with you. And I'm not not trying to you know put nothing bad on you, or nothing, you know put you in a bad way. Yeah. What are your thoughts on WWE if they come to you and say, "Hey, man, we we are interested." I mean. It would be dumb of me business-wise to be like, I'll never go there. You know what I mean? Like, of course. There's, there's always going to be some, some chance. If it's the perfect scenario in which all of those things line up, then sure. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think what a lot of people don't understand, especially the casual fan, is the three letters you work for don't determine your level of skill. Correct. They don't determine how good you are, right? Right, Because a lot of people have made it to WWE, and they're not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then again, <laughs> you've had some of the very best in the world never get there, right? And they, and they just won't um, for what, whatever reason. But um, I don't think uh, – I think environment plays a big part of that. Uh, that sort of uh, that chemistry, that camaraderie, those um, that the morale of a place plays a lot into that. Um, and for me personally, I don't know if that's a fit for me. It's either going to be a place that I'm going to be the most loved person there or the most hated person there. There's going to be no in between. Right. There is no, like, and it's just that. And that's it, it's such a it's such a crazy thing to think about. Right. Just how just who I am, my the way I stand up for myself, the way I'm I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm, I'm going to confront problems if they come up. A lot of people don't like that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if it's an ideal scenario, sure. Um, but more than likely, uh my my landing spot will probably be elsewhere. Shane, got a few more questions for you. And, you know, we want to be of your time, so we ain't going to keep you too, too long. But uh, another question I got for you, man, is what were your thoughts when you found out you'd be the ROH TV champion? You know, what was going through your mind? And then also, two-part question, what are mm. your current thoughts on the situation going on now? Uh, the news broke about a month or so ago that ROH will be, you know, shutting their doors in 2022 for a little bit, uh, at least for the time being, you know. So for that as an active talent and a champion currently in the promotion, what mm. were your thoughts when that news first leaked out? Um, we'll, we'll answer that part first. Um, to be honest, it's not something that was surprising to me. Right. And I know that sounds weird. It, 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 it's still disheartening and it's still concerning, but it's not surprising. Um, there have been multiple meetings, I, ideas given, strategies given uh, that weren't listened to. Right. Or not executed in a way that, you know, was the most beneficial when you don't do those things. When other factors come into play, this is the result, right? It's it simply is what it is. Um, so, with that being said, uh, being a champion in the promotion currently, um, there's a little bit of that feeling like you don't want this to happen on your watch, 
right? But but then again, so much of it is out of our control that it was going to happen no no matter who was here, right? Um, all all things being the same, like you you could literally bring back every all star ever, put them in the same spot, and this is the same result, right? So. Um, it, it, it's just one of those things. You learn from it. You gather your ducks in a row. You move on to the next thing. Um, if this is the end, this is the end. We're going to make sure that um, we go out with one hell of a bang. Um, and if it's not, then we'll see what happens with this revamp and re reimagination of what ROH is. Uh, but as far as me winning the TV title, uh, that was one of the best moments of my career. Uh, the six-man title win, I still rank higher than that because that wasn't just an individual thing. I was able, I was able to help my guys win a championship as well, start their legacies in ROH and forever put them in the history books as well. Um, so I'll top that as my number one title win. Uh, but winning the TV title was dope. Uh, I was in it. I was in there with three absolute, you know, monsters in Jeff Cobb, Rody King, and Hiroki Goto. Um, and when I won, there was this feeling of relief of, okay, all this hard work is now going to take me somewhere. Now, now it's starting to pay off. And what really clicked for me was – we were in Toronto, and I looked in the back, and there was a group of about maybe 15, 20 black folks. Uh, it could have been all one family. It could have been a bunch of friends, or I, I didn't know. But you had so many people there who were in shock, had their mouths open, like, what the hell's going on? But I looked back there, and they are standing on chairs absolutely going ape shit. I'm talking about you got people holding their kids up, you've got people laughing, hugging, you got people crying. And it, it was at that point I was like almost immediately I was like, okay, like this this is something that is special. This is something that I need to take seriously. This is something that I need to appreciate and understand the platform, the opportunity that, I, that I've been given to not only re represent myself, but to represent us. Uh, and so from that point on, again, like damn near right away, I knew I need to make this run special regardless of what's given to me, regardless of what spot I'm put in. I need to make this special. I need to make this count. I need to make this important. And that's what I tried to do. <laughs> Who are, who are those guys we don't get to see every day that uh, they look out? Who are those guys that you you know that you say you're like, man, this guy here is awesome. This guy here, he's got something. Who are some of these guys we, we need to look out for? Maybe other people to look out for. Man, uh, there's so many people in this sport. I'm I'm gonna forget someone, and I'm gonna get a Masses like, bro, you, 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 you didn't call my name out. Like, there's just so many people. Like the the people that I listed earlier, you've got your Lee Moriarty's who just, you know, he just rattles the punk. Your Darius Lockhart's, your Ricky Starks, um, your Shug D's, yeah. um, your Holidays. People know how good Trish Shadora is, but I'll say her again. Uh, Nicole Savoy, Will Nightingale, um, Gia Scott, who is a diamond in the rough. She's going to be very, very good. Um, guys like your Fred Yehais, you know what I mean? Um, your AJ Grays, you know what I mean? Uh, your uh, Bounty Hunter Keats down there in Texas. People know about Tankman. You know what I mean? There's, there's just so many talents. Uh, that are ready to break out, that are ready to be your Myron Reeds. You know what I mean? Like um, people that are just ready to take that step and be 
stars everywhere, you know? Um, and so, man, if, if you have time, play this back, go look at those matches, go find some of their work and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, there's absolute, absolute dope talents all around. With AEW being the, the newer company uh, in the industry now, uh, what are some things about it, man, that you feel has definitely brought the wrestling level up? What it, what, and also, you know, uh, do you see yourself, you know, well, not do you see yourself. Obviously, if there's an opportunity, you'll see yourself there. Are there some people there you definitely want to get in the ring with? I mean, yeah. I mean, anybody calling themselves the best trio in the world and you ain't been in there with us, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care what these rankings say. There's not 46 other tag teams in this sport better than us. Um, and as far as, you know, people like the Super Click go, you ain't in there with us. You know what I mean? So you're, you're it, it's easy to say, you're the best when you control who's allowed to compete. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, that's coming out of college that that's a star player thinks that they're the best. till they get to the league. Right. And finds out everybody that's there was the best somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's the realization that we bring is you're the very best where you're at, but you're not the very best overall. You know what I'm saying? So um, for us, that matchup is, is going to be one uh, that we that I would look forward to, that my guys would. Yeah, obviously, you're looking at Death Triangle with the Lucha Brothers and Pac. That's another one. That would be dope. Um, individually, or what, or tag teams, rather, I think SOS against, against Ev of TR would be absolutely dope. Um, for myself, you know, I'm 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 ducking no smoke, bro. Like I I want the very best. So, you give me your Hangman Pages, you give me your CM Punks, you give me your Danielsons, you give me your Kenny Omegas once he's healed, and I'll put them all to sleep. You know what I mean? Um, all the technical wrestling in the world is fantastic, but e- every fight starts standing. And in order to grab me, you got to be in range to get hit. And there is no better striker in this sport than me. Um, so, you know what I mean? Uh, for me, uh, bring bring everybody. And I'll put them to sleep one by one. Last thing I want to bring <laughs> up uh, before, you know, we get out of here. So I want to talk to you about, you know, you're running VIP wrestling. You're also a VIP wrestling champion. Uh, he was in the ring recently with the Once again. G- <laughs> yeah, you was in the ring with uh, JTG, some may know him, Jay the God. Uh, and, you know, we go from one black champion to the next, man. What was it like being in the ring with a guy that's been around probably just as long as you have, uh, even back in this OVW days with a guy like a JTG, Jay the God? What was that matching experience like for you, and what was it like winning the championship again? Man, to, to have to give up the title, because I had it before. Right. I was able to make it a world title when I went to the UK and defended it there. So to be able to do that and then have to go away because I went on an exclusive deal and then be able to come back and get right back to where I was um, is dope. When you're in there with a guy like JTG, like you said, who's been everywhere, done everything. He's been the very top, been successful. Um, who is as driven, you know, behind the scenes as he is in front of the camera. When you're in there with a competitor like that, with an individual like that, that environment, um, that big match feel is what we live for. You know what I mean? That's why we do what we do to be in those moments. Um, And to take the very best that he has to offer, end up on top, end up getting my hand hand raised and get back to my throne. to me, uh, again, it just shows how far I've come as a competitor, how far I've come as a professional. Um, I know he's going to be looking for his rematch. You know what I mean? And like I asked him and like I asked anybody, he may be Jay the God, but what's a God to a non-believer? You know what I'm saying? As, as good as he is, I don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? 
He, I don't believe he's better than me. Um, and um, and as long as I have the VIP world title, then what I what I just said holds weight. What I said is the gospel truth. Um, and until someone proves me wrong, I'm right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, talk that talk. First of all, I got to say, man, that's that Cleveland need for sure. Boy, I've been for real. I've for real. I like my man. Ain't ain't no breaks. He going down two hundred down the street. What fast? That man's curve. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying. Any final thoughts? No, nah, I, I man, just uh, you know appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, man. You know, just giving us a little bit of game, you know, all around. Uh, you know, so definitely appreciate that, man. And congratulations, you know, becoming a two-time VIP champion. And uh, man, just to continue your success, man, because uh, you're definitely making headwaves. You, you're definitely, you're definitely making a path for your own. Uh, you well, you already made it. You you're going down it, and you're and it's, it's expanding for you and others. And that is so awesome, man. So. You know, just to, you know, again, thank you for taking the time out to talk with us, bro. Same. Before we get off the air, uh, all your social medias, where can people find you? Uh, at Shane216Taylor on Twitter and Instagram, both verified accounts. Uh, all the links to any merch, any stuff like, like that is in the bios there. If people are in the merch, buy moods about to be that holiday season. Go ahead and get you some. Uh, you could also go to the shophonor.com. Uh, they got the micro brawlers there. They've got the honor pals. Yeah, I mean, which is dope too. Like gr- growing up playing with the wrestling buddies. Now to have yeah. one of my own is just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so pick, so pick those up too if if you would like. And just again, man, for everybody who has supported from every walk of life that understands what we're trying to do. Um, I, I can't thank y'all enough for an incredible 14-year career so far, and here's to many more years. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, as you are truly the 28-year-old piece of gold, he's too cold, he's the baddest of all time. Until the next time we see you, we'll see you. Peace.